Hi, welcome to another edition of Sean Matthews Podcast. Today we have our special guest, our special co-host, our special man, Joe Thurman. He's back again. How you doing today, Joe? Not bad, Sean. Always a pleasure. How you been? Uh, doing okay. I'm glad it's, uh, it's, it's a Saturday, so it's the end of the week. Uh, tomorrow is uh, football. Tomorrow is reserved for NFL football. That's, that's, that's what Sundays are for um, from the months of September to uh, pretty much February. It's all about football on Sundays. Uh, is, that, is that how you feel about Sundays during football season, Joe? It's all about football? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, all sports are are cool. Don't get me wrong, but there's just something about the National Football League. I mean, it really is special. And uh, tomorrow's a big day. You know, I always said the season starts around Thanksgiving. This is when the season, you know, obviously it starts in in September, but this is when it really starts to really matter when you come down around that final turn. And it's a big day tomorrow. No two ways about it. Um, Your boys have a big day with the Vikings. Uh, and it's a big day for my birds because we got to get back on track and we're playing a very tricky indie team. So we have to get down there and t- just take care of business. And tomorrow's the day I'm going to find out about my birds, whether or not they're for real or not. They got to be able to stop that run when they need to. So they're not going to go 17 and 0. They skipped up the other night, which you, you knew as an Eagles fan, you're going to get a loss or two somewhere. You're going to get a game where you're scratching your head and you're saying, how the hell did we lose to these jokers? I'll tell you how you did. You fumbled two, three times. You turned it over here, there. You missed this opportunity. That opportunity it was a ridiculous call. There was a face mask call that wasn't made. There was a, uh, that last call that ended the game that roughing the passer was an absolute joke combined with the turnovers. And you still only lost by about five points or whatever it was it was it wasn't you know um wasn't a you know it wasn't a big deal it was almost a blessing in disguise if if they get back and take care of business tomorrow but that's just my opinion (laughs) how you feel about things uh it's jeff saturday's second game as uh, as head coach of the colts so um it's one of those things where he's got lack of experience uh the eagles are a better team than the colts but the Colts have that thing. They're in the honeymoon phase of this new uh, regime with Jeff Saturday. And I say new regime, but he probably didn't even hire any staff that he wants yet. He just inherited um, Reich staff. Uh, right. But are you really just expecting – how confident are you um, a scale to 1 to 10 tomorrow with the Eagles? Uh, honestly – I think it was an aberration the other night. It's one of those losses that we had to take. No one goes 17 and 0. I think this team has been humbled. They see what they need to do. They understand it, especially Saturday as is likes to run the football. They're going to be ready for the run. Um, and they may not stop it completely. They just brought some guys on board, some, you know, some really good run stoppers on board, but they may not be ready to play tomorrow. But in an, in, to answer your question in a nutshell, I expect my birds to go down there and win by at least 10 points. I really do, and us to get right back on track. That's what I expect. Uh, my quarterback is really coming along, and you know me. I was not a big fan of his. I was not sold on him in the offseason here. He has shown me quite a bit, and even last week, there's not a damn thing that he did that was wrong. I mean, it really, he made some terrific throws. I mean, he, every just about every throw he made was terrific. We didn't lose because of anything he did. So, um it's going to, I expect them to go down there and I do expect them to win because at the end of the day, they're still a better team than the Colts are. I don't care if they're playing in Indy. I don't care if they're playing, uh, you know, uh, anywhere, you know, on the moon. They're still a better team than that team. 
they had better go out and take care of business and they had better win uh, first, but I think they're going to win. They should win by at least 10. Yeah. Well, they're favored by uh, six and a half points. So it's kind of in that ballpark, you know, the touchdown, the 10 point type of uh, projection. Mm -hmm. Um, The game is, where is the game? The game is at Lucas Oil Stadium. So you have to, you have to keep that in mind, man. They don't have that Philly home advantage. Um, they have, they're playing in a kind of a hostile environment. I don't think Indianapolis is an easy place to play by any means. Um, good road team though, Sean. They're a good road team. The Eagles are? Yeah. They don't really care about the road. They'll go out there and just, you know, they are, they, they, they're not going to be, especially after what just happened the, the last Monday night, you got enough guys on this ball club that just say, Hey, let's go. Let's, you know, let's get this. Um, so I don't think now if you were to say Arrowhead Stadium or something, I'd say maybe we got to start thinking. <laughs> but and now Lucas, well, they're they're fans out there and they get excited, but I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to to shake these guys. I really don't. And it starts at the top too. This kid, one of the things I love about this kid, the quarterback, Hurts, is uh not only has he shown me a lot of what he can do physically, he's improved in a lot of areas in the offseason. The arm strength is improved, the accuracy is improved, the the decision making has improved. But he's cute he's as cool as a cucumber. And he's a good leader. So I I I they got enough guys on this team to lead. I'm not gonna worry about the Indianapolis uh Colts fans or anything like that. Um you know well before the season uh you know because I'm a Cowboys fan I made a comment to you. I'm like, hey, do you think that Jalen Hurts is better than Dak? And you, at that point, I believe that you said uh, they're pretty much the same. They're similar, right? At that, now, at that, now I think that you 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 would absolutely say that Hurts is above Dak for sure, right? I would. Yeah. I, at the time you asked me in July, whenever that was, I said, "What do you mean they're the same guy? Aren't they?" At that, because at that point, now that's before this season started. Before he sh- he had showed me what he had improved upon. In this offseason, the kid has really come a long way. I'm going to have to give the nod to Jalen. If you ask me tomorrow morning if I'm starting a football team, which one of these guys do I want? It's a quick decision. You know, I'll take Hurts. Now, do you think um, this is this is kind of like a football fan sports opinion, but Jalen Hurts played at the highest levels, right? He played for Alabama under Saban. Mm-hmm. Then he played for Oklahoma. Um and Dak Prescott just played for Mississippi State, and he was a fourth-round draft pick. Hertz wasn't necessarily a high draft pick, but he has the pedigree in college. Do you believe in that? Do you think like this guy played at a higher level in college at a better school? Um, that's carrying him, you know, ahead of Dak at this point because he's got the pedigree. Do you believe in I that think, stuff? I think it's really weird. I think it's 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 part of that. Part of that that he played for Alabama, and he played for Oklahoma, he played for a number one. And what happened when he lost his job? A number at, at Alabama, he went to Oklahoma, and I think they were second in the nation or something like that. And he started for them. But the fact that he lost his job at at Alabama, and he was a team dude, he kept his head up. And even Saban was choked up in tears talking about how good of a of, of a guy he was for 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 remaining. You know, upbeat, remaining positive, and remaining cooperative with him after he lost his job at Alabama, like when sitting for sitting for the rest of the year. And then I think all that trauma he went through, though, you know, the old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I think if Jalen Hurts were drafted um, in the first round, I don't think we're blinking an eye right now. I think because he was drafted in the second round, 
that everyone's scratching their head. But you just shine some light on it, really. What he went through, where he played, had a lot to do with his success. So Forget where he was drafted. Do you think you know? that if, if uh, Tua never replaced him at Alabama? Because what happened was, I believe it was a national title game or like a college playoff game at least. It was a championship uh, where game. Jalen Hurts got yeah. hurt. Jalen Hurts got hurt. Uh, no pun intended. If the, if pun intended, right. I don't know how that right. works. <laughs> he right. gets hurt, and then Tua Tua replaces him that game and like lights it up. Right? Remember he makes some crazy throw to the back of the end zone and like. And who caught that pass anyway? <laughs> um, was that Devonta? It was Devonte Smith, baby. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. Uh, but that was Tua. That was Tua to Devonta, right? Not, yeah. Yeah. Not, okay. Right. Um, but it was one of those things where like you know that could have really killed Hurts whole career, right? Because like. If Saban already have. has a, a, cal- a high caliber NFL quarterback, and then this other younger guy, I believe, I believe Tua was a freshman at the time, replaces him, and then Saban basically makes up makes up his mind, says, you know, this guy's our new quarterback, and Hertz goes elsewhere. But um, do you think that that never happens? Do you think that it's better for Hertz? Is like you're saying, what well, doesn't kill you make you stronger? But do you think do you think that like Hertz uh, would be just as equal or better or worse a quarterback if that never whole scenario never happens? No, I, that's what I'm saying. I think the adversity um, gave him a little something too. It, it, first of all, he's a coach's son. He's got a great attitude and he's a good leader. That's what I, I did. I have found out about him. I really love about the kid. Uh, he eats, breathes and sleeps football, which is also what you want in your quarterback. Um, but I think that adversity that he endured. Uh, really went a long way to building and, and, you know, you think about it. You're the starting quarterback. You lose your job. Say, you know what? I'm not going to sit here. I'll go to this other school and I'm going to win the starting job there. And he did that. And with a less talented roster, I think he was, was he number two in the nation? I mean, you know, during that time too. And I mean, Alabama had the, you know, they have uh, like a monopoly on the talent there for a while, um, you know, recruiting and everything. But I think the adversity that he endured made him much better. And I just think he's, he's really, he's, I don't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't rattle too easily. Um, and he's, he's learning and let me find my, let me knock on wood here because I'm not saying he's there, but I'm saying he's really showing you everything. I was, I sat here this year with my jaw on the floor going, this is not the same kid. He's planting that back foot and he's driving the football, throwing, making those deep throws, making them accurate, making good decisions. He doesn't have to run the ball every time he misses. Yeah, he used to be he'd go to his first read. And if the first read wasn't there, he'd start running because he didn't know what to do. Now he's going through his progressions and he's staying in the pocket and he's doing it from the pocket. Now, he still may run around from time to time here and there. But it's not in the same fashion. You know, he can do it from the pocket and he's showing you all the things, all the boxes you need checked. Okay. Acumen, arm strength, accuracy, so forth, mobility, pocket presence, all these things. He's checking them off and he's getting better all the time. So I'm going to knock on wood again because I just hope it continues. That's yeah. all. Um, yeah. I appreciate your insight into the Eagles, man. Um, I know Monday night was tough for you. It was the first loss of the season. Uh, we were texting throughout the game. Obviously, it was frustrating for you. You're like, because it's one of those things where it's like the commanders are not like awful, but the Eagles are, you know, the Eagles are considered by a lot of people, experts, the number one team in football. And for them to lay an egg on the Monday night and lose to the commanders was just unacceptable, especially in terms of their fans. Um, but for you, 
as a Philly fan to still be, you know, happy and to still be hopeful um, and then not just go down that dark path where you're like, Oh, fuck this team. It's over with the season's done. We're a joke. We're, we're you know, we, they made it, they gave us false hope. Uh, it sounds like you're still confident, man. You're thinking a 10 point win at Indy with a new coach and he's got the momentum. So I'm kind of happy to hear a Philly fan with that perspective, you know, things are, still yeah. good. things are still good. Yeah. And you know what? The, the guy you just described, the fan, that diatribe you just went through that, 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 you know, every, every fan base has people like that, but the people here, the, one of the things about the Philly fans is that what they don't get a lot of credit for is they really know their stuff. And we knew, we know that, you know, we're not going to go 17 and oh, you're going to, at the end of the year, you're going to look back and scratch your head and say, how in the world did we lose this game and that game? We just know it. And it was just, we were wondering when it was going to come. And really, if you look at it, I'm not going to say shoulda, woulda, coulda, but if you look back at that game and look at a couple of three, four different things that, that the Redskins needed, all the Redskins, excuse me, I'm, you know, but the, the commanders needed, uh, all these things to happen in order for them to win and everything that they needed happened. So it was just one of those days. If those two teams play 10 games, Philly wins eight of them. And I'm not being funny with you, but yeah, one thing I wanted to say is that. Most Philadelphia fans, real sports fans, are very smart sports fans, and they got their head together. And you know, they will. Ag- most of them will agree with what I said about, you know, you're going to lose a couple. That's the way it is. If you watch enough football and you live this thing, you know, that's what's going to happen. So no, it was not caused to like jump off the Ben Franklin Bridge and say, you know, the hell with this team. I don't. I don't want them anymore. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, yeah, Philly fans kind of get a lot of uh, heat. They get a lot of uh, negativity because they're because the whole thing with people when they hear about Philly fans is, oh, they booed Santa Claus. They booed Santa Claus. So what type of people are they? And they threw frozen snowballs at him or something like that. So it's like, oh, did they kinda... what, did they build it? Did they let me ask you a question? Was it the real Santa Claus that they booed? <laughs> You get my point. It was a guy. It was a guy dressed up in a green Santa Claus uniform, and the the Eagles are losing the game. And this is this is in JFK Stadium, um, and it was just way back in the day. It was either it was either J, uh, JFK Stadium or Franklin Field. I can't remember. I was it was I don't even think I was was born. But the story I get is the guy showed up in a green Santa Claus uniform. He wasn't obviously even for the kids. The kids knew he wasn't the real Santa, and the guy was drunk. Now, if you're going to show up and be that, that whatever it is, you're not going to, you're going to show up drunk and the Eagles were losing the game. So, you know, they threw snowballs at some guy named Larry. They did, you know, so <laughs> it wasn't like it was like, you know, Santa Claus was rolling out and he had some kids all around him and it was all beautiful. And the, no, 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 come on. You know, so it, that, that, that's, that's something that's, uh, that, that's always. You know, look, I, I've seen, I've seen things in New York. I've seen things in Chicago. I've seen th- things in Buffalo. One guy out in Oakland, um, it was a Raiders 49ers game. Yeah. That uh, and one, and, yeah. One guy died. He, he was in the hospital and he was beaten to death and he died. So, I mean, look, you're going to get Neanderthal fans everywhere. All right. So that, that Santa Claus thing, we just laugh it off by now. It used to really irritate the hell out of us for the longest time, but we've just gotten to the point where, okay, yeah, we boot Santa Claus. Oh, okay, we boot Santa. Was it the real one? <laughs> Was it the real Santa that got booed? <laughs> I've never been to uh, an Eagles Cowboys game in Philadelphia, but I would imagine if I wore if I wore a fucking Cowboys jersey 
and I'm sitting in the middle of those fans and I'm cheering, there's going to be some hostility, man, especially if the Cowboys are winning. Um, well, there's going yeah. to be, but I'll just say this though. I went to, I went to a Jets Cowboys game, a Sunday night football. I, was, I believe it was the opener of the season. Uh, I think it was around 2012, 2011, but uh, I was walking to the bathroom, you know, trying to get out of my row and some, some Jets fan, I believe it was probably a Jets fan, um, grabbed my ass. So that happened on a Jets game. So wow. <laughs> when I think of like fans and I just have what, you know, from my experiences and listen, I love, I love the Jets, the Jets fans and their franchise. It's such a suffering type franchise and they're compared to the Mets because they suffer and they, there hasn't been a ton of success. Um, and I'm not doing good this I'm year judging, though. I'm not judging all their fans by what by any means whatsoever, but you know, I did have an experience where a gentleman grabbed my butt um, while I was just trying to go to the bathroom uh, to get out of the row. Uh, that's that's that was, that's a that's a weird thing, and we don't even need, we don't even need to go down that road anymore. And I don't even no, no. I wouldn't I wouldn't even say he's a, that's indicative of all Jets fans. No, I would no, say that's, that's that was a, a very a strange little um, strange little um, whatever it was strange little micro you know event um and um i wouldn't pay too much attention exactly. to no I don't, I don't i don't judge i don't i'm not like that i don't stereotype a whole group of people based on one bad right. apple oh no i didn't say yeah, bad apple would, and right. i'm not but it's just one of those things where i'm just trying to think about my experience because i've been to a couple of cowboys giants games um so i saw uh to... yeah i saw a giant it was a giants vikings game i think um, and I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but it was, um, someone, the giants were losing and someone threw a slush ball and you know, the difference between a snowball and a slush ball and a slush ball, man, I mean, that hits you and you really know it. And it hit one of the Vikings assistant coaches right in the eye. And the guy had to go get some, some things well, like really stuff. It's funny that you bring it up because this type yeah. of stuff is happening all over the all place. Over. Recently, um, Harry Styles is one of the most famous musicians in the world. Mm-hmm. He was performing at one of his concerts and some idiot threw a Skittle at him and it hit him right in the eye. And he was like temporarily blinded and he had to still continue singing. It's like, who are these people? And why are they doing stuff like this? Why are they throwing? If you love these artists and you care about them, who's the guy who decided to throw a Skittle as hard as he could at Harry Styles' eye? Like that yeah. doesn't sound like a fan to me. Well, that's and, and that's a whole different genre. That's music and concerts. I don't really know, but I do know the sports fans. And I mean, you think these jokers up in Buffalo, you think the Eagles fans are bad. You go up and those jokers up in Buffalo or even Chicago and places like that. There are other so many places like, you know, it's just told you about Oakland and so forth. There are a lot of places where you can go and look, even at the Eagles games, you can go as a visiting fan and you can have your shirt on. You can, as long as you're now, if you go there and with the other team's shirt on and you antagonize, then you're going to have problems. Like, I can go into the well, Meadowlands with my Eagles simply, shirt. Simply going there and just, when your team scores, you cheer and you say, hey, let's go Cowboys. Be, you would be fine. You would be fine. You might get a couple looks or a couple grunts, but you'd be fine. Now, if you started to really michael irvin it up or something like add some people then you're then you might but that's it goes anywhere sean i could go to the meadowlands at the eagles giants game and i can go with my eagle shirt and be fine be absolutely fine and cheer for my team but if you get carried away and a little too you know a little too vocal and a little too much swagger and have a little too much to drink and you go looking for it then then you're going to have problems and it's the same here as anywhere else it really is the same here as anywhere else and it's 
the Giants, the same, the same thing. It's, it's kind of the same thing all around. Oh, this is the National Football League and fans are pretty much the same everywhere you go, save for a couple of places like LA where LA, they don't even show up half the time. They're on the beach. They don't even really care, but it's really even down in New Orleans. New Orleans fans are somewhere like they that Carolina. Uh, if you show up with the opposing team's jersey on and you watch your game and cheer for your team like a gentleman, you're fine. Okay. If you go looking for trouble, you're going to get it. So that's, I, and that's We've spent a lot of time talking about the Eagles. I know not all our listeners are Eagles fans, so I'm going to move on quickly. Um, sure. So I'm a Cowboys fan. We're playing the Vikings tomorrow. Um, I honestly don't know what to expect because as a Cowboys fan, this team is so odd. They're so weird. Like you never – you know, are we good? Are we not good? Are we average? Right now we're six and three. The Vikings are eight and one. Um, we're actually favored by a point and a half. Um, but we can't stop the run. I mean, the, the last three games, I believe we've given up almost 200 yards per game on the ground. So uh, the game's in Minnesota. Uh, I believe it's a nationally televised game on CBS. So it should be Romo and Nance. Um, right. Your Eagles are playing at one o'clock, so I'm, I'm sure you know when 425 hits. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, they're going to be locked in the Cowboys Vikings, right? Oh yeah, yes sir, yes sir. That's that's it's interesting on a lot of fronts. I mean, either way, it's going to be good, and either way, it's going to be bad. I mean, if the Vikings win, then they keep pace with us, and I'm assuming and hoping that we win our game against the Colts and keep just the one loss, and if the Vikings win, that means they're keeping pace with us, although we would win a tiebreaker with them, but I'd like to see a little distance between us. And if the Vikings lose, that means the Cowboys win, and they're staying within, you know, so either way, it's some good and it's some bad. It's a lose-lose game for you. It's a win-win, lose-lose. Yeah, I'm I'm choosing to look at the positive like, you know, it is what it is. And we'll see what happens. There's other things that can happen, too. There, there, anytime you, you tee it up, there are injuries that can happen, you know, all kinds of things that can happen. That could be a close game, or if one team really demolishes the other, that's going to send some signals, too. So, yeah, um, um, Just as a Cowboys fan, Mike, you know, I think that Tony Pollard is the future running back. He should be the running back of the present and the future. I think Ezekiel is uh, past his prime. He's always injured. Um, I like to see that Pollard completely take over. But, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's got something going on with his MCL, but he's questionable. But I really – I just like the way that – I like I like Pollard's home run ability. I like the way he can uh, make people miss. Whereas Zeke, he kind of just runs in a straight line and kind of – I don't know. He doesn't seem to have a ton of guy making making guys miss and stuff, but – um, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping Pollard takes the reins and goes with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Dalvin cook's going to run all over us. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson is probably going to have a great game. Um, I don't know why we're favored. We're six and three, they're eight and one. I know the Vikings have won a lot of close games. Yes. But- yes. They have very close games. And if you look at that thing last week, that thing was over. It was fourth and it was like fourth and 12. And uh, what's his name? The quarterback for the um, Cousins throws the ball down the right side to Jefferson. And that guy goes up. The, the Bills defender goes up and he's clean. He's playing him tough. He's behind him. All he has to do is knock it down. Just 
just take your hand and knock it down. But he went for the interception. He had two hands up around the ball, and somehow he lost that little tussle for the ball. But if he just goes up and violently smacks that ball away, that game is over. And he knew it after the game. He admitted it. He's like, he was sick. He was well, like, don't, don't you think he was that sick. Weird, weird things with the Vikings kind of happened. Like, remember that play a couple years ago? <laughs> yes, I uh, do. Where I think it was Stefan Diggs. He caught that crazy pass <laughs> and thought the game was over. Yep. That was versus the Saints, right? I think they knocked the Saints out or something like that. Yeah, I think it was Case Keenum or somebody like that that threw the pass. It, it, was, it, was like a, it was like a miracle play. Yes. Like, the Vikings seem to have, uh, I mean, you know, just things that come to mind, like the, you know, the last week, the miracles this season, and that play with Stefan Diggs when he was a Viking. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. They, they have a, they're a weird franchise in the sense that they do have these, these miracle type moments, but, um, I don't even know. Do, do the Vikings see? I don't think they have a Super Bowl ever. No. And, and you know what? Because way back, I'll let you in on a little secret. Way back in, in, in the early to mid-70s, I was a little kid, you know, 10 years old-ish, right? Um, and the Eagles were horrible. Every year they were perennial. They were terrible. It was just – it was the dark ages for Eagles fans. But I was – this is my childhood, and I'm coming up. So my brother and I – we adopted a different team and it was the Minnesota Vikings because they were in the NFC at cool uniforms. And it looked so cool when they were calling signals at the line and the breath was freezing and it was just really neat. And we, we liked them. So that was our team. They went to four Super Bowls and they lost four Super Bowls. The Vikings did during the, the 1970s. Now it wasn't all in a row, like the Buffalo bills, the four falls of Buffalo that has got to be unconscionable. Those poor people, what they went through to get there four years in a row and not win one. I'm telling you that I thought, I thought as a former Vikings fan, getting to four and never winning one was bad, but four in a row from Buffalo. I mean, I digress here, but yeah, they, they've been the four Super Bowls. They've never won. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I thought that team with Dante Culpepper. Um, Carter and Randall. Well, Culpepper. Randall Cunningham's team. That team. How did that team? That's the team that lost the NFC Championship game to Atlanta. In Minnesota, they lost to Atlanta. And their kicker had not – their Vikings kicker had not – Anderson, I think it was. He did not miss a field goal all year long. And all he had to do was stick like a 34-yarder. And that sends them to the to the Super Bowl. Guess what? It really is. He kicking, missed it. <laughs> that was, it was just terrible. Everybody expect expects kickers to just make every kick and be robots. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. what? It's, a, it's a kicker. He's just that's what he does for a living. All he has to do is come on the field a couple times a game and just kick the kickoff and then kick the field goal. It's like, but no, no. It's like psychologically, it's it's uh it's quite difficult. You know, you're going out in front of a stadium full of people. There's pressure. There's time and place. There's situation. Oh um, yeah. You're simply just kicking and doing. It's like riding a bicycle. No, uh, these kickers, they have. I'm, I'm guaranteeing every kicker probably has a sports psychologist constantly. They have to talk to because it's a, it's a position that you can get the yips. You can miss a couple of kicks and then your whole career could be over. You get the yips and never hit kicks again. Right. Any golfer knows that. I mean, you could you could be stroking that thing down the middle. You could be sticking it eight feet from the pin on your approaches. You could be. And all of a sudden on one hole. What was that? You pull the ball 40 yards into the woods or you slice it, you know, 60 yards over a tree. And all of a sudden there it is. And 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 how long is it going to take you to get it back? And in the interim, how many mistakes are you going to make? Well, 
That's what kickers go through. And that's what, can you imagine poor Scott Norwood? You know, he's the guy that missed that, the first Super Bowl that the, that's the one they really should have won that first one against the Giants. They had it won. There was like four seconds left. They had the ball right where they wanted it. It was like a 38 yarder for him. It was nothing. And he lined it up and you could see in NFL films, when you look at him, you could see through the face mask. You could just see the look on his face. He was shaken. He was really, he, he looked, he looked, he didn't look right. And it looked like the pressure was mounting. And why wouldn't it? You're sitting there with, with four seconds left in a game, 38 yard field goal to send your, to, to win the Super Bowl for your organization who's never won one. And it just got to him and he missed the damn thing. It's such a shame. He missed the damn thing by about 18 inches. Do you know what's uh did, did Norwood finish out the rest of his career as like a decent kicker? Or did, was he done after that? I can't remember, but I think, I think he came back. I think he came back and, and, you know, and, and did reasonably normal, you know, no, I, I'm looking right now, dude. It looks like Scott Norwood. It's, it's, you're talking about Scott Norwood, right? Yeah. It said he only played from 1985 to 1991 for the Bills. His last season was 91. Um, last season was 91. What the fuck? So his career pretty much ended after that game. Is that what happened? I'm not sure if the Super Bowl to which I was referring was 90 or 91. Yeah, I'm not sure. The famous, the famous, famous play. It's called wide right. Yes. Um, missed the forty-seven. Ah, forty-seven yards, man. Okay, forty-seven. Okay, forty-seven. Uh, but still, the conditions were beautiful. It was, you know, it's inside of fifty. Forty. It's forty-five yard field goal. I mean, he had plenty of leg on it. He had plenty of leg on it. And it, the conditions were beautiful. It was out. I think it was out in California or Florida. You know, it was it was the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's kind of. I don't know if he was a good kicker before that. I don't know. But he wouldn't have been with him if he wasn't. The fact that he played uh, only six years and his last year was 91. He's a kicker. Something Maybe that awful. was his last year. Maybe that was. I thought he had at least played one or two more years after that, but maybe I not. I think um, about p- baseball pitchers when they get the yips, they can't ever pitch again. Like They don't think they could hit the strike zone in a game. Like There's a player named John Rocker who played for the Braves. I believe he got the yips and his career was pretty much over. I remember. Uh, I could be wrong on that. But I believe Rick Ankeel, there was a pitcher for the uh, Cardinals. He was a hell of a pitcher. He had a lot of potential. He got the yips so bad. It was like he was thrown way off. He couldn't even get near the plate. He turned himself into a, an outfielder and became a hitter. And he was, he was a pretty good home run hitter. But he had to convert positions because he couldn't pitch anymore. That stuff happens. It does. It does. I've seen it happen. The Dodgers used to have a second baseman called Steve Sachs, S-A-X. He was a good second baseman, but there was a while there where he just couldn't throw the ball from second base to first base. He was just throwing it all over. The, it just, it was just inexplicable, but it, it happened. And I mean, you could look it up, but I mean, it's happened. That's what sports is. Our, our brains can sometimes, our thoughts and our brains can get in the way. Can, you know, like you're best when you're just automatic, when you're not even thinking. Well, that's hard to do. Like you said, it's hard to do when you're lining up for a game-winning field goal. It's not just kicking a ball to the uprights. It's all that pressure, you know. Uh, I was just watching something the other night. I was watching um, a football life, and it was Edger and James. 
Um, and yeah, he played for the Colts most of his career, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't get to a Super Bowl one year in the AFC championship game. They had a kicker named Vanderjack who got out there and it was a relatively, it wasn't a chip shot, but it was again, about 40 yard field goal, something that he would have made all year long easily. And boom, he just pushed it way out. Right. You know, that's gotta hurt. That kind of stuff's gotta hurt. Like, cause I actually believe, uh, he he played for the Cowboys later in his career. He was in the Cowboys briefly. Mike Vanderjack for sure he was, but uh, yeah, yeah, he apparently got the yips at some point too. It's it's crazy, but it only happens. You have to realize this. Everyone wants to rag on uh, kickers and stuff, but it happens to pitchers, baseball pitchers, and kickers really, um, where they have to do something very specific. It has to be on command, and they can stop. They 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 can't do it anymore. It's like they can't pitch the baseball near the strike zone. The kicker can't make a key field goal. It's like. You know, you don't see this really happening. Like if a receiver drops a couple passes, you know, he might might get in his mind. He might drop a couple more, but eventually he's going to, he's going to get himself together and start catching those passes again. Um, it's just like, you know, it's very sad, but there's these high pressure positions where you have to be spot on and like a robot you know, over and over and be in repetitive motion. So, yeah. Um, anyway. So yeah, those we talked a little bit about the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Yips. That's some sports for today. But um, I just want to quickly mention um, uh, what's going on with Twitter. So Elon Musk completed his purchase of Twitter. Um, everyone, a lot of people are not happy about it, um, especially people who don't like his politics and whatnot. Uh, the biggest concern was what's going on with free speech. Are people going to be able to just go on there and say whatever they want? Yes, free speech exists, but also... It's a situation where, you know, you can you can say something and then someone across the world can see what you say immediately. So it's it's not like you're screaming fire in a crowded room and you're causing panic, which is illegal. But, you know, there's going to be people saying some crazy things. There's going to be racist opinions. There's going to be bizarre opinions. Um, but anyway, so a lot of people are kind of like trying to figure out what to do about Twitter. Do, do they create a new platform? There already is competition, but I don't know how much that can possibly grow. I don't know if they have the infrastructure in place and a momentum where everybody's going to mass exodus to that other platform. I'm not sure. Um, they're also charging for a blue check mark. Now it's $8 a month. Whereas in the past it was exclusive. It was for anybody who was relevant. If you knew somebody it was a celebrity, it was a writer, someone in the spotlight, someone who had over a hundred thousand followers. There's almost an automatic check mark um, in a lot of cases, but now it's paid subscription. But uh, the biggest news that just came out literally right before we started recording is Donald Trump is back on Twitter um, a lot of people are not going to agree with this, but I think Elon Musk put a poll out there and whatever poll he put out there on the internet, the majority wanted Donald Trump back on Twitter. So it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this at all. I just felt like it's such a current situation. It's such a current event. Uh, I had to bring it up. Um, but I really want to, uh, ask, uh, cause we forgot last episode. I wanted to ask Joey about his cheat meal this week. What were your cheat meals, your past couple of cheat meals this week? Well, this week or, or last week? I mean, I don't. I don't uh, did so we... The last one when we talked about it, when you talked about your uh, your not worst. Oh, uh, okay. Well, it's it's knock. It's K N O C K. Knock. 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 Right. It's basically a big fancy hot dog, and they're German. It's like a sausage. It's like bratwurst. You've heard of bratwurst, right? B R A T worst. Yeah. Anytime you have anything that's worst like that, bratwurst, knock. It's it's like a sausage. Like you know, it's good. It's good stuff. Good. Throw it on a roll with mustard. You'll you'll be in heaven. Anyway, um, so that was the last we talked. That's a Sunday thing, football Sunday thing, um. Uh, I could tell you that I, I don't know if I told you last week, last week, I 
I didn't do the fast food thing. I went to uh, a local diner near me, a real good diner near me, fancy, just really good. And I just sat down and I just wanted to get a, a just a regular home meal. And I saw this roast turkey dinner. So I had the roast turkey. It comes out to you. It's the, it's the, the most tender white meat that you could ever imagine spread out. And underneath it is a nice big thick bed of of stuffing so it comes out on a big bed of stuffing with some gravy on top and then i got a a mashed potatoes with it and i got some corn with it and cranberry sauce and the whole thing it was like a little mini thanksgiving i guess but it was just a down home uh because i like turkey with gravy and mashed potatoes um not just on thanksgiving i like it you know i like it every once in a while it's just a real I call it a down-home type of meal. It's just a good meal. So I had that last Saturday, and uh, I didn't have a cheat meal until uh, tonight, Saturday. Uh, I just went to Five Guys because I I missed that uh, you know, bacon cheeseburger, and those French fries are just unbelievable. Um, and on my way to Five Guys, that's my only thing with Five Guys is they don't offer you any dessert. A lot of the Five Guys, still they give you milkshakes even. They used to have milkshakes. A lot of them they do. Well, these, the one I go to does, they, they still do a lot of them. Okay. Um, and I, that's a good thing. But, um, uh, so I just stop at Wawa and I get some, some of those big fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. I put them in my pocket of my hoodie and I go on <laughs> my way to, uh, I go on my way to, uh, five guys. And I, after my French fries and my, and my hamburger, I, I attack my cookies and have my dessert right there, and it doesn't seem to bother anyone. And if it does bother anyone, I could tell them, well, if you get these cookies, I'll buy them from you. But until you do, I'm going to bring them with me and eat them. That's all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I just love when you talk about your cheat meals um, because that's really – you enjoy them. You, there's little things in life that you look forward to, and you know, it sounds stupid to eat you – know, oh, we just ate a Five Guys cheeseburger whatever – uh, but to you in your life, it gives you some satisfaction and some pleasure and it balances everything else out, you know? So it's not, it's not really um, trivial to have these little uh, pleasures in life. So uh, I guess, you know, if you want to ask me about my cheat meal, Joey, I'll just pretend you asked me, but. Uh, <laughs> Sean, what did you have for your cheat meal? <laughs> All right. So I don't necessarily have a cheat meal per se, what happened was I, I weighed like 210 pounds to start the year in January. And I decided it was time to lose weight. It was time to get serious about losing weight. Cause I was always in good shape my whole life, but for like four years, four or five years there, I just got overweight. Um, I let myself go. I had a big belly. Everyone thought I was a, a alcoholic cause I had a big beer belly. They're like, Oh, this guy's probably drinking every night, which wasn't the case. Um, it just got out of hand. I went from working out seven days a week, um, going to the gym religiously seven days a week where I was doing weights and cardio. So I do about 30 minutes of weights. Then I do over an hour of cardio. So I was there probably at least 90 minutes a day. And I was running at least seven miles a day. And I was just, you know, I was in hell of a shape, hell of shape. Um, But, you know, in 2016, from 2016 to 2021, I really just started putting on weight. I didn't know how to get it off. I'm like, okay, my, my metabolism changed. Once I turn 30, I just, I'm like, yeah, my metabolism changed. doesn't matter how much I work out, what I eat. I can't get rid of this belly. I'm going to be fat the rest of my life. I got to deal with it. I got to deal with people calling me fat. I got to deal with people talking to me on my back. I got to deal with employers thinking I'm lazy because I'm fat and going in their fat. Not, not that fat people are lazy, but you know, the assumptions are. Um, right. So anyway, 
long story short is January. I started going to the gym seven days a week. I downloaded an app called my net diary. I started counting all my calories. I bought a food skill. I started taking it very seriously and I wasn't having really any junk food, any cheat meals. I was cutting out pretty much all sugar. Um, I down to now I'm down to about 150 pounds. Uh, I like to say I'm in good shape, uh, muscular. I, I like to, I like where I am, but I, I still don't have that six pack. I want that six pack. So my latest battle is not really losing weight. It's, it's getting abs. It's focusing on my, my core. Um, Cause I still have that little, you know, that little annoying uh, belly, not a huge one, but I just, I want, I want those abs again. I want to be like I, I was when I was younger, when I was in high school, when I was in college. Um, so lately um, I've kind of just been, you know, eating too much junk late at night. Um, you know, I'll have a box of a box of nerds. You know, that's a whole box of candy. So that's all sugar. It's not really a lot of nutrition. Um, you know, I'll make myself uh, a frozen pizza too late, you know, eating too much food too late at night. But, but just in terms of the meals that I've kind of enjoyed recently, um, that my go-to meals, I've been going to Panera Bread because I have something called the Unlimited Unlimited Sip Club. For about $11 a month, I can get as many drinks as I want at Panera. You know, they have the fountain okay. drinks, they have, they have the energy drinks, they have the green tea, they have the iced coffee, they have the tea, they have everything else. So it's a great right. deal. You can go there. It literally, sounds like it. You can go there every two hours and get whatever drink you want. So it's kind of cool just being able to walk in, just get my drink and walk out, order right in the app. So I never have to like, you know, deal with any cashier, any of that nonsense, waiting online. I get my drink, I get out. But I started getting their food a little bit. I started getting something called the Baja Bowl. Where is this again, Sean? Uh, Panera Bread. Panera Bread, and you're a member of what? The Drink Club, is it? What is it? It's called Unlimited Sip Club. Unlimited Sip Club at Panera. Okay, go ahead. Yep. Um, so I've been enjoying that, I think, since since about May. But I recently started getting food there. So the Baja Bowl is basically, you can get it without chicken, but I get it with chicken. So it's, it's grilled chicken. Uh, it's, it's rice and quinoa. It's got Greek yogurt. It's got black beans. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got avocado. It's got thick uh, chopped tomatoes, um, okay. whatever, whatever they're doing with those flavors, um, is frigging delicious because, <laughs> um, I have, I've gotten the Bajo bowl at least once a week now. It's, it's, you know, it's about, it's about $12, $13. It's not cheap, but on Saturdays, if you're part, part of the unlimited sip club, they give you $2 off. So basically every Saturday, if I get it, um, I'm paying about $10 and 80 cents for the Baja bowl, but it's, it's a nice fulfilling, satisfying meal. I know it's not a restaurant quality, but Panera is a little bit elevated above your standard fast food. So I've been enjoying that. Um, mm-hmm. But also, because we're talking about you had the turkey at the diner, mm-hmm. I've been getting these uh, Wawa turkey bowls. And, you know, you get rid of the bread. You don't have to worry about the bread. But it has the stuffing. It's got the turkey. It's got the gravy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. It's got, the, it's got the cranberry sauce, the stuffing, the turkey, the gravy. Um, Mashed potato. It has mashed potatoes, but you could also get it with sweet potatoes if you want. Okay. Uh, but it's it's only like nine dollars, and it's it's so good. It's like the the quality of the turkey tastes pretty good. It's like all the ingredients are good. It's like you know it really is. It, it doesn't have to be Thanksgiving for for anybody to enjoy it. I believe Wawa has these year round, or at least they should. But I believe they have them year round because um, it got so popular when they just had them for temporarily. So you know during Thanksgiving around those times, right? They have, it's a permanent menu fixture now. So I've been getting those Wawa bowls. I've been getting the, so basically the theme is I'm getting bowls. I'm getting rid of the bread. The other day I got uh, Qdoba. Um, I got a bowl um, instead of a burrito. So I got basically the, the, when you get, when we get those burritos, that tortilla, that tortilla wrap is about 300 calories on it on its own. You know what I mean? And it's bread. 
So, Mm -hmm. you know, would you, do you really need those 300 calories? Not to say people shouldn't be enjoying themselves and living their lives um, and having like pleasures with bread and whatnot. It's all about moderation, right? Everything in life is about moderation. So, you know, so I'm kind of on a bowl kick. I'm getting a lot of bowls. I'm getting rid of the bread. I'm just kind of doing my thing with the, you know, I've been, I've I've already been eating healthier, but like I said, um, you know, I've just been eating too much junk. Um, You know, I'll get up in the middle of the night and I'll have a thing, a whole huge thing of simply orange juice. And I'll just take swigs of that. Every time I get up to pee, I'll take, I'll take a swigs of it. Cause you know, when you get up in the middle of the night, there's something really satisfying about having something ice cold, a nice cold drink, but especially right. like something with some flavor to it, not just yeah. the water. So right. when you get accustomed, I drink a lot of crystal light lemonade. So I have ice cold crystal light lemonade, or I'll just have a, you know, a couple of swigs of the orange juice, but then I have the fair life chocolate milk and I'm having swigs of the fair life chocolate milk. But then I wake up the next morning. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm like, man, like, why did I drink all that calories when I was in the middle of the night sleeping? It's like, but it was very good. But, you know, so just <laughs> question, Joe, it's like my cheat meals have been kind of just too much sugar, um, eating at the wrong times, too late at night, the middle of the night, um, too much candy. But, you know, it's bringing me pleasure. But it's one of those things where if I really want to get those abs, if I want to have that six pack. Well, um, yeah. There's a couple things I want to talk to you about there. First of all, it's been it's been my you know I got a couple of years on you, I got a couple of decades on you. So I'm a little older, right? Uh, and I was into the whole you know I was into um, you know I still for my you know me for my build and for my weight I'm doing okay for my age and my build and everything. But there was a young I was a young cat like you too, and I was heavily into um, you know, the body natural bodybuilding. I never did anything. We discussed that the other day. I never did anything that was, you know, wrong in a way of steroids or anything like that. But, uh, in my history and in my experience, and I've, I've been there quite a bit, uh, my experience with people that have abs, you got one, the one guy out of a hundred, who's just naturally that way. Okay. The other 90, the other 99 guys, suppose you have a hundred guys with abs. One of them is just natural. The other 99 guys have to diet and the way they diet is not just a little bit. They, you have to live. I mean, it almost has to consume your life that your dedication to what you eat. And you know what, you know what the big thing is those 99 guys, they don't always walk that people think, well, he's got abs. He always has them. No, you could see him with abs and then three months later, he doesn't have them anymore. It's, it's hard to keep. Well, or you see a guy, and look, I saw a picture of a man. He had abs. You saw a picture yeah. of me at abs. About two weeks later, those weren't there anymore. They're not always there. Yeah, it's part it's of that, just one of those things that they're, they're, they're your, hard to keep. <laughs> I just want to add to your point. I know what you're saying well, genetics is big, um, but a lot of bodybuilders and people who work out religiously, they do bulking and cutting phases. So you might see someone with abs in their cutting phase. Yeah, man, that guy's got great abs and the girl has great abs, but they're in their cutting phase. But then when they want to bulk up and put some more, you know, some more mass on to get lift a little bit heavier, they got to do some temporarily bulking mm-hmm. and then they don't, you're not going to see those abs again, but also, you know, you could be seeing these guys who had those abs and that was the, you know, they had them and then they, they got lazy with their eating. They worked out they, a little bit They're less. human. Well, they're human. They're it's human. All, it's all about what I've discovered through this whole weight loss journey. It's all about calories in and calories out. It's simple math. It is burn more calories than you do. um, than you consume throughout the day, you're going to lose weight. So what I was doing when I was losing the weight was I was burning a thousand more calories than I was consuming. So you figure out your basic, your basic metabolic metabolic rate, your BMR. So for the average person, it's between 1600 and 2000 calories per day. So you can do nothing throughout the whole day and your body's naturally burning about 2000 calories per day. right? Right. So 
you know, if you don't eat anything, you're going to keep losing weight. But if you have a thousand calorie deficit, this is where they say it's, this is the edge of safety. No more than a thousand calories per day. If you do that every day for seven days a week, you should lose an average about two pounds per week. Um, so it's all about numbers. Um, but yeah, abs, abs are a different, different, a different beast. You know, they're tough because, you know, you have to be so disciplined. You have to really just not have a lot of sugar. You can't eat a lot of these guys. I remember when I was younger, seeing an interview on one of these tonight shows, I believe it was probably Conan O'Brien or Jay Leno. Um, Cause those are like the, the first like late night show hosts that I really watched, mm. um, you know, before Camel came along and before all that, I uh, never watched a ton of Letterman, but it was mostly like Leno and, and Conan. It was the NBC guys, but Tyrese, there was a famous uh, musical artist and actor named Tyrese. He's from the Fast and Furious. Oh, that was um, that guy that played in the movie Baby Boy. Yeah, he was in Baby yeah, Boy. Yeah, okay, I know who you're talking about. Baby Boy, yep. Good actor. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's a really. That was good when that Tara- that Taraji girl. She was, she was a little doll. She was, a, I mean, she was just. A, she is that, was about, is that Taraji B. Henson? Oh, uh, she, yeah. She I didn't was, know that was her. She was. She was, she was about in, 22 years old. I'm just saying, she was very cute, adorable. Beautiful looking young lady. I didn't realize she was in Baby Boy because I didn't I didn't really know who she was as an actress until uh until I was watching this show on CBS with Jim Caviezel, the guy who was in Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. Show about like how the how that there's like this technology that can track everything, that can track the cameras, that can track the phones. Um it's called Person of Interest. Um, but she was in that show. And then she was in another show on Fox, but I thought she was just an up and coming actress. I yeah, didn't you, realize you go back and check out Baby Boy, and that was her and Baby Boy. Let me that check was her. Out. That was her, and I remember. And she would always, she was always hocking them like Jody, Jody, Jody. But that was her, uh, and she was just. This is before. I mean, I, I just saw the movie. Yeah, she was. Like, yeah, you're right. Dude. She. That girl's adorable. She's beautiful. She, she was, really she, is. Her name was Yvette. Yeah. Event in, uh, and it was more appropriate for me to say it at the time because this is 20 years ago, all right? So not everybody holler and say, this old guy's talking about the young, you know, look, uh, my uncle Matt was 80 years old and he said, when I stop looking, call the undertaker. So I just, I noticed that the Taraji uh, as a 21, 22 year old girl was adorable. That's all. Thank you. Um, thank, you thank you for taking us on, door, on a detour for Taraj uh, Henson. How do you pronounce her name? I'm not sure. I'm sorry to the actress. I don't know how to pronounce her name right now. But um, the reason I'm talking about Tyrese is because I saw him on like Conan or Jay Leno or one of those shows. And he was talking about how he had, because they, I think Jay or Conan asked him, how do you, how do you maintain this body? How do you maintain these abs? And he was like, I basically don't eat after 10 o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night. He stops eating at a certain point and he doesn't Absolutely. eat again. So that's, that was always in my mind. I'm like, oh man, if I guess, you know, if I don't eat after 10 o'clock, but it was so tough because I, if you stay up late, you're going to get hungry, right? <laughs> you want to have some popcorn, you want to have something or at least a drink or something. But like, yeah. but he's that always stuck with me. You know what I mean? Cause we're talking about how to get those abs and Tyrese said, you know, I don't eat after a certain point. I don't, I don't know if he continues to do that, but. Uh, and even Tyree, even him, even the like I said, the one guy out of a hundred has them, and he always has them. The other ninety nine, if you have a hundred guys and they all have abs, there's one of them he'll have a natural. This is just it. The other ninety nine guys they have them, but they don't have them all the time. And in order to even have the ones that you're seeing, those abs there, they had to starve and 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 diet like crazy and do everything. Almost, it almost becomes their life. And if it's that important to you, fine. And even then, you don't keep them. You, it's just so so hard to keep. And really, at the end of the day, you know what, guys? For guys out there listening, and the abs may be a little bit out of the. 
just as long as you don't have a big old Dunlop belly hanging over your, and, and I'm not just saying that for the cosmetics, for the looks of it, because that belly hanging over is usually indicative of other things, you know, of, of blood sugar problems, of heart problems, that of was, cholesterol problems. So was, as a rule of thumb, don't get a big belly guys. That's all. Keep, try to keep it reasonably that's, flat. That's what happened to me. I, my belly just started getting bigger and bigger. And, it was well, and I saw it, but you dissolved that thing in a hurry. The only other thing I wanted to mention to you about, you were saying, well, you know, you really enjoy that. And most people would say, geez, you just had a hamburger, but you really enjoyed it. And that's true because, I mean, when I was in my 20s, right, and even in my 30s, oh, so you had a hamburger and fries. So what? It's no big deal. But when you get past a certain age, you get past 40, 45, and you have to start worrying about your cholesterol and your weight and your things like that, well, you understand, dude, I'm not 25 anymore. I can't just go out five times a week and have a burger and fries and eat whatever the hell I want. I really got to watch it. So it's after that point that you go out and you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. I've been good for four nights in a row here eating reasonably healthy food. You don't have to eat cardboard or, or berries and twigs. You can eat reasonably decent food, but you can't have that ultra good thing, but maybe once or twice a week, your pizza or your, your bucket of chicken, right? Or your big hamburger with the bacon or something like that. Once or twice a week when you get older, and that's why you appreciate it so much. And I found that when you do things more seldom, you enjoy them. You enjoy the enjoyment level is higher because you're, you're not engaging in it that often. Uh, and so those two, those two really, um, decadent meals per week, you really enjoy the hell out of them. Yeah. So you're right. But well, when I, there's something that's funny. We're talking about like this physique and stuff and eating, right? Mm-hmm. There's a guy on uh, t- Instagram named the liver King. He's mm-hmm. got like 1.7 million followers. I think it's, I think his account has exploded this year. I don't think he had over a million uh, before this year, but all this guy eats is raw things that the ancient, his ancestors ate. So he doesn't eat any sugar. He doesn't have any snacks. All he eats is like, he basically eats straight up liver. He lives on like a farm. <laughs> right, right. He, lives, he eats liver. Um, he eats like the strangest things you can think of. Oh, dude, I'm going to tell you something about the, when I was back in the back in the in mid 80s, late 80s, um, there was a, a bodybuilder called Muhammad Makaway. And you can look him up on online or whatever. Muhammad Makaway. And I can't spell it for you. It's it's it's, you know, it's Middle Eastern, but you'll find it. Muhammad Makaway. But during training and when he was training for a bodybuilding competition, he would there was only a certain type of fish, not just fish, but only a certain type of fish that they caught in the Nile that he would eat. So this is my, my point is in order to have ultra, ultra, um, definition, right. You have to do extreme things and the guys that you see. So I saw a picture of him, man, and he had abs. If you think he looks that way, 12 months a year, you're insane. You come back and see him three months later and he looks pretty much like most cats. There's a reason the gym, the gym starts to get super crowded around beach time because everyone's trying to get their beach bods. So that's not really a myth. Exactly. True. Cause I I go to the gym, you know, I go to the gym seven days a week. So I see when there's more people there and what, you know, what they're focusing on and things like that. Um, So I just want to bring us full circle here from the beginning of the show because we're wrapping up soon here, Joe. Um, The world cup is taking place in Qatar. It takes it, it. It starts Monday, I believe. I think, I think the U.S. first game is Monday. Um, it's in Qatar this year, but there's a big thing going yeah, on yeah, with, with alcohol. They said people were allowed to drink beer and alcohol, 
And literally like three days before it's set to start, they banned all alcohol. What, what is your first impression? Like, first of all, the, the World Cup's supposed to take place in the summer. They compromised because like, Qatar is too hot in the summer. So they're having this World Cup in a, a weird time. For us, it's the fall and the winter. Uh, it's colder over here, um, especially in certain parts. But, um, you know, what, what the hell? If you Imagine buying your tickets for the World Cup, traveling to this foreign country, Qatar, and you can't you can't enjoy a beer at the game. And what what's going on with that? What is your first impression? There's a lot of questions I have about it. I mean, can you drink beforehand? Like like if that were a football they're banning, game, but they, they're, they're banning like beer tents. So these people are going to be drinking. They're going to have to do literally bootleg stuff. They're going to figure out a way to get alcohol from. I don't know if you know if they have alcohol stores there. They got to figure out a way to get their hands on some alcohol, and they have to be really. Um, seratif, serat, was that the word? Serat, surreptitious, surreptitious, um, yeah, surreptitious. Um, and very sneaky about how they're, you know, consuming this alcohol and, and like the games, you know, they're long games and they're probably there for multiple games at a time for the sessions. Um, but don't you think that's that's insane? They're not letting like, like the World Cup's making this country a lot of money, but having the World Cup there and then they're changing the, the rules of the game right before it starts and saying, you know, no, no alcohol, like. Doesn't that sound messed? I know they have religion reasons, religious reasons and stuff there, but come on, dude, let the people drink. I got mixed emotions about it, Sean. I really do. Um, it's it's uh, part of me. Part of me feels like it's their house, it's their country, it's their house. They'll make the rules, and that's it. The other th- another thing on the, along that same line is it's a three hour game. You know, I mean, and the uh, my my third question is a question that. It's you know because of football here and because of the culture here is if they ever did something like that here, you could still if you wanted to drink it up a little bit and get a little buzzed up before the game. Let's face it, that's what we're talking about here. You could do, excuse me, you could do it in in the um, parking lot and tailgate something like that or beforehand. So I mean, can people still do that? Can they have little? Um, you My know, knowledge, what I've just quickly seen in these articles is they ban beer tents and they're pretty much making it like very impossible to, uh, you know, to, to wet your whistle before the game. Okay. We'll go to the game and then, then go out afterward. You know, that's all I I don't, I I dig what you're saying. Um, but at the end, if I really, sounds like you don't really have like a strong opinion on it. Well, my opinion is that either way, and you know what too, because you're just looking at, I mean, I, I like to, I'll go out, I'll go out and go out to the bar or go out here or there once in a while or whatever. But when I go to a sporting event, I don't need to, I really don't, that's not why I'm going. And I want to know what's going on and everything like that. So I'm just one of these cats that doesn't really drink at sporting events because I re- I really love the game. I don't need to drink. I don't need to gamble on the game. I'm there because I love the damn game and I want to see ex- everything that's going on. So it doesn't bother me. That's probably what it is. My whole thing with drinking at games is that I pee too much. I mean, if I'm not, if I'm not driving and like, you know, I have a designated driver and Uber or Lyft and there's, there's, there's literally no chance of me getting in a car when I had some alcohol, uh, I'm willing to, I'm willing to pregame. I'm willing to, to, I want to like, you know, be buzzed and have a good time. I don't need to it by any means necessary, but my whole thing is just peeing. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to have to go to the bathroom in important parts of the game where I have to, I literally have to run out and pee like, that 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 and I don't know how these people these these jokers who are like consuming like ten beers before and during the game and whatnot, 
um, how they're not peeing as often. Are they peeing their pants? Like, how are they not running to the bathroom well, constantly, man? God bless their you, bladders. Well, you bring something up, too, that I think, I, and I said, I thought this for many years. I thought that because you go to these games and you see them and it's people in tailgating and this and that. And, oh, they're out there. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. They're drinking beer and this and that. I don't. Th- I, what I think is a lot of guys use the game as an excuse for their wives or their families or whatever, they'll use the game as an excuse to go out and get drunk and drink. Well, I'm going to the ball game. I got, and they're more interested in getting tuned up and getting tanked and starting drinking at eight o'clock in the morning. And when the game's at one o'clock and until it's all part of it, no, it's not part of it. Asshole. You, you, you just want to go out and drink. Okay. Dude, let's, let's look away. I mean, and so, but geez, honey, how can you not let me go to their ball game with the guy? And I said, but so they use the game and the event as an excuse to drink. That's what I'm not saying. Everybody I'm saying, I bet you a large faction of them are, are doing that. They're really, it's like, dude, are you here? Dude, are you here to watch the game? Are you here to what do you? What's more important to you? When it's hard to discern, what's more important to this guy? The actual game, or or another beer? You know, so that's that's. And I'm not knocking anybody. Everybody can do what they want. But as far as this Qatar thing, if I had a chance to go see a World Cup game, and you told me I was the only catch you can't drink in there, okay, what's the problem? Next, what's the problem? So, but but I see I see. I, a lot of people show you're right. A lot of people are up in arms. I got you. To me, it's to me, it's like a uh, it's it's a big. The World Cup's a huge event. You know, it's only once every four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in a foreign country, people plan their trips. Um, let them have a beer. I don't know the whole Qatar religion. I don't know what's going on with their culture. Uh, I, really. I, just, I, I just know. I just know that it has something to do with culture and religion and politics and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I just think it's one of those things where, you know. Oh, it's no. It was worth. It's certainly worth talking about. It's yeah, it's, worth it's, mentioning. it's one of those things that can like, you know, it's going to, it's going to get people angry when they see it and hear about it, especially the people who are there. So I just thought yeah. it was relevant to bring up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I thought, I thought uh, today's show was uh sports heavy, but um, well, we'll do list- that once in a while. Listeners, our listeners, yeah. we haven't, we haven't done a ton of sports the past couple episodes. We got pretty deep with the religion and whatnot. Religion, uh, we, life, sports, different things. Yeah. Sports is going to be a theme on our show. No doubt about it. It, it not every episode is going to be heavy on sports um so you know if you tuned out early on um i apologize that it was sports heavy and it was specifically about the cowboys and eagles mostly if you don't care about those teams but you know we're going to be opening up talking about a lot of different topics a lot of different types of sports teams not just our teams um because you know we're sports guys by heart by nature so that's what that's that's what we know just naturally Everything else we're, you know, we're learning, we're good at, but, you know, sports is like a second language to us. Well, sports um, is, sports is, is prime. It's not going to say primarily sports is always a go-to for us, but we're more than just a couple of sports uh, jugheads, if you will. <laughs> you and I are both, and I'm not tooting our horn, but we've both been around. We both acquired some education along the way. We've both been around this world a little bit. There are certain topics we're going to avoid just because they're too divisive and we don't need any more divisiveness in this world. But we're pretty diverse cats, so we're going to expand it out. Uh, like we do, but that's why we urge people. You know, I wonder what the wonder what those guys are talking about today. I don't know. It could be anything. Geez, those guys could be talking about um, Persian rugs. They could be talking <laughs> about uh, they could be talking about the best movies in the 1970s, or they could be talking about you know who was the kicker for the Oakland Raiders in 1968. Who the hell knows? But that's what makes us who we are. We're pretty diverse cats, and I like that. But I, um, I'm, 
I'm getting tired for today. Yeah, yeah we are. We're yep, me too. Um, mm-hmm. Saturday night, got people to see places to be, or maybe just on our couch, whatever. But uh, yep. we are. We're gonna wrap up the show, and I'm glad everyone listened. This is episode four. Episode four of Sean Matthews podcast. Uh, obviously, as you can uh, hear, Joe Thurman is a staple. Um, I'm I'm just loving discussing all these topics with them, and I hope the listeners are enjoying it. And uh, we're, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on TuneIn Radio. It's called Sean Matthew. Sean Matthews, one word, space podcast. If you're telling your friends about it, uh, apparently, if you search on Apple, it doesn't come up right away unless you actually type in Sean Matthews space podcast, like the whole title. I'm not sure what's going on with Al- Apple's algorithm and why not typing in Sean Matthew or Sean Matthews would come up right away. But anyway, we're on all those platforms. Um, and I'm glad you tuned in for episode four. Uh, we plan on doing another episode. I believe we're going to record a Monday or Tuesday night. Uh, so, yeah, I'm glad everyone tuned in. And have a great night. Take care. Bye-bye.